Breakfast Tacos, Korean Tacos, and the Great Taco War of 2016. This week, it's all about tacos. Traveling the world to bring you delicious dishes, tasty beverages, and interesting experiences. This is the Destination Eat Drink Podcast on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. I'm Brent Peterson. Welcome to my podcast. Each week on Destination Eat Drink, we visit a different place and explore the cuisine that makes it unique. This week, we're in San Antonio for tacos, and my guest is Jose R. Relat. He is a taco expert. He literally wrote the book on tacos. It's called American Tacos, A History and Guide. Plus, Jose is a writer for Texas Monthly, where he's written Tacopedia, an incredible resource about Texas tacos. His latest article for Texas Monthly is about San Antonio, all the different kinds of tacos you can get there, and the best places to get those tacos. Jose and I have a far-reaching conversation, mostly about San Antonio tacos, but we talk about tacos from all over, from Korean tacos to Jewish deli tacos to Baja tacos to vegan tacos, puffy tacos. Plus, we remember the great taco war of 2016. But before me and Jose talk tacos, let me ask you to tell a friend about Destination Eat Drink. Nothing's more powerful than a recommendation from a friend. So if you enjoy the podcast, tell a friend or share a link to the show on your social media. Destination Eat Drink. Jose, thank you so much for being on the program. You wrote the book on tacos, literally. Your book is called American Tacos, A History and Guide, just came out in 2020. Um, I've been reading this and it's just, it's blowing my mind because there's so many different kinds of tacos that I had never even heard of before. So could I, could I get you to uh, describe a couple of these that I'm particularly curious about? Sure. Well, f first of all, can we start with something called a K-Mex or Korean tacos? What are those exactly? So Korean tacos came into the popular arena in 2008 uh, when Roy Choi opened up his oh, right. food truck, Kogi Barbecue, and he leveraged Twitter, which was new at the time, to increase its popularity because the profile was public and anyone could follow it. Entrepreneurs across the country were paying attention and they were inspired by that. Within two years, there were Chemex spots opened up from coast to coast. Now, Roy Choi did not invent this style. I would call him the godfather the father okay. what he did is take 20 years of community exchange between the adjacent mexican and korean populations trading ingredients and package that so this style of food already existed it just was only found in a small segment of the population. 
the codification came with with the big wave of openings between 2008 and 2010. And so let's look at what these tacos are comprised of? Well, they're highly seasoned grilled meats in tortillas. That doesn't sound very un-Mexican, does it? No. (laughs) Sounds pretty standard so far. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. That's essentially it, really. It's just a community exchange reflecting a time and place, which is how I Stuff in a taco, really. Well, there's a there was a place when I lived in Austin. Uh, it started off as a food truck. Now they've got several mm-hmm. brick and mortar locations called Chilantro. Yes. And they do uh, they do something that I just love called uh, kimchi fries, where they take French fries and put a bunch of kimchi on the top. So at a KMEX taco, would we get kimchi on it? Would that be one of the ingredients we might see? Because that's what I identify with Korean food. It's one of the possibilities, yes. And what's so interesting about KMAX in particular is that it is a perfect example of of this gateway to the broader cuisine. Prior to, to the Korean taco, Korean cuisine really wasn't well-regarded. People kind of you're clear because kimchi smells, <laughs> okay. you know, uh, um, and the packaging it as a taco allowed for an easier, let's call it a culinary passport to the broader cuisine. So it's a perfect vessel to a wider world. I'd like to ask you about another kind of taco that you mentioned in your book, and that's called uh, deli mex or kosher tacos. How does Jewish food fit in to the taco universe? There is really no coincidence that the Inquisition and the conquest of what we used to call the New World occurred at the same time. And Jews were among the people who sailed to the Americas, and it is highly likely that the first Jewish person to set soil on what is now the United States came through Mexico and not New York, as is previously thought. Hmm. So there is a long-term tradition of crypto-Judaism, hidden Judaism and um, the sort of Jewish underpinning to Mexican food, uh, for example, contemporary iterations include Cabrito al Pastor, which is butterfly kid goat that is um, speared and cooked vertically over mesquite. It's very good. But what I get into really in the chapter is what happened in Los Angeles in the early to mid-20th century, which is you had Jews and Mexicans living side by side in Boyle Heights, Los Angeles. Oh, interesting. And they were trading ingredients just like yeah. the Koreans and Mexicans 
like all these cultures do when they get together. It's so cool. Yeah, yeah. And so you have pastrami tacos, pastrami Hmm. burritos, and out of that came a chain that uh, had a location near the LAPD's downtown headquarters. So during the filming of Dragnet, for example, uh, (laughs) Jack Webb would go eat kosher burritos from one of the stands. And it was this really big thing for him. Uh, And you find contemporary versions, uh, but it's, it comes in waves, places open, places closed, you know, uh, but the mid 20th century was a really big time for that taco. Is there still a, a good place that we could go to somewhere in the United States that is an excellent example of uh, deli mex? Yeah, yeah, in New York, Alex Supak has pastrami taco, a uh, place called Delicatessen Taco or Taco Delicatessen, I can't recall, has a smoked pastrami taco. Now, neither of them come on rye tortillas, which I really <laughs> want. I, I just think it'd be perfect. With a pickle spear? <laughs> <laughs> You know, we could we could talk all day about all these tacos around uh, the United States, but you're based in Texas and you've written this uh, reference guide called the Tacopedia. It's like Wikipedia for tacos, which is required reading for anyone who lives in Texas, visits Texas, thinks about Texas, wants to go to Texas, um, has a taco because you not only talk about all the different kinds of tacos, but you create these taco trails in the different cities. Let's talk a little bit about some of the different kinds of tacos that you can get in Texas that you talk about in your Tacopedia. Um, one of the ones that I love that you talk about is the uh, is the jerk tacos. We talk about these different cultures meshing together, and um, these jerk tacos is another example of that, right? Yes and no. So this is really fascinating because what you're talking about is uh, the Jerk Shack. The Jerk Shack, right, in San Antonio. In San Antonio, yeah. So that was started by Nicola Black and her husband, both of them are military vets. And so she's a native Jamaican and wanted to really bring the food of her homeland to San Antonio, and if you're going to open up a restaurant in San Antonio and put it on the historically Mexican American West Side, you better serve tacos. Right. Uh, and so that's what she did, and they're expanding now. Again, the pairing is a natural. It's highly seasoned grilled meats, lots of spice, although not as much as you, you would think. Nicola toned down the jerk rub mm. recipe when she noticed that it was overwhelming customers' palates. And really, that's not what you want to do, right? Because you're going you're gonna to lose customers if the food is too hot to eat. You're going to go out of business pretty quick, I guess, without any customers. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's been extremely successful, and and it's extremely good. 
So that's the West Indian taco. I called it the jerk taco. It's the West West Indian taco, which is a which is yeah. a cool um, amalgamation. The other thing that strikes me is that you know we talk about all of these different kinds of tacos, and we're talking about um, the meat, how the meat is prepared, what are the different kinds of meat. You talk about this in your book as well, the pork, chicken, beef, um, you know, uh, standard tacos. But what about what about vegetarian and vegan tacos? Is this becoming a big thing in Texas these days? It is. Part of that is due to the pandemic because uh, because the food supply chain is all wonky right now and mm. meat prices are up and down as well. Here's the thing: pre-Hispanic Mexican food was largely vegetarian and vegan. Pork and beef and chicken were introduced by Europeans. Now, that's not to say that there wasn't small game available to the indigenous Mesoamericans. There certainly was. But now what we're seeing are not just looking back at what vegetarian recipes there might be, but also looking at substitutes. And one of my Favorites is Yellow City Street Food in Amarillo. They also have a jerk taco. Hmm. Uh, um, there's a place in San Antonio called Tapatio Vegan. But one of the most fascinating places is called Mariachi's Drive-In, which is in Fort Worth. And they started out as this little taco counter inside a gas station convenience store. They had the regular pork, beef, chicken tacos, but there was a lot of demand for vegetarian and vegan options. So they created a mirror menu. That is, their regular menu offered completely vegan, usually with soy protein substitutes. I'm not a big fan of meat substitutes. I think if you're going to do vegetarian or vegan, you should use plants. Mariachi's drive-in, I mean, dine-in does. They use banana flour to create this lightly battered and fried Baja-style taco. It is fantastic. It's got great chew. It, it's substantial. It, it's got a little spice to it with the chipotle mayo. But it's just one of many places, I don't know, really coming to, to the forefront. Now, Jose, you mentioned the uh, Baja-style taco. Maybe that's something that uh, we could explore a little bit more. What exactly is a Baja-style taco? Well, it's really a misnomer, uh, but it, uh, but in the popular nomenclature, it is uh, a fish taco that is battered and fried and served in a taco with cabbage and uh, chipotle mayo. Gotcha. Okay. Famous fish tacos. Yes. Now, your latest article is in Texas Monthly is about the San Antonio Taco Trail. You're a, you don't live in San Antonio. You're in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, but you're a big proponent a big cheerleader for San Antonio tacos. Just reading your stuff, I know how much you love them. Um, let's talk a little bit about San Antonio tacos. 
what is San Antonio what is San Antonio famous for when it comes to tacos? Puffy tacos are one, and that is a rock corn masa disc that is deep fried as it fries, it inflates, and then it's crimped to form that familiar Q shape. It's quickly removed from the oil filled with any number of things. I prefer typical picadillo, you know, ground meat with what I call the Tex-Mex trinity of tomatoes, lettuce, and cheese. Right. And they should be crispy and crunchy on the outside and soft and chewy on the inside. They should be really light, not oily. And they structurally don't have a lot, don't have a long lifetime. So you can't really take great photos of them. Typically, 30 seconds is all you got before they start to turn Mushy and greasy and all that, yeah, yeah, that yuck, yeah, that you you yeah. want to have the place where you're getting them fresh out of the fryer. I mean, that's important with so many mm. different foods. But it sounds like the puffy taco, you got to get a fresh one. If if I'm going to San Antonio, Jose, where would you steer me to get a really good puffy taco? Uh, to a restaurant owned by the Lopez family branches. So there's Ray's Drive-In and uh, Henry's. Puffy Taco, which has two locations. Grace has been around since the 50s. Uh, Henry's, I think, since the 70s. They were started by brothers, Gray and Henry Lopez, and the respective branches of the family operate them to this day. San Antonio is also known for its breakfast tacos. Yeah, let's talk breakfast tacos. Yeah. A lot of people might be familiar with the breakfast taco as an egg-based filling in a flour tortilla. And that is certainly true. But in San Antonio and South Texas, the breakfast taco pantheon is revealed in its full glory. Hmm. So you can have a bone-in pork chop taco for breakfast in a fresh flour tortilla. You can have country sausage. You can have all kinds of things. There's an offshoot of tacos called super tacos, and they're mammoth concoctions of all kinds of ingredients. And those are really popular for breakfast. Uh, But my personal favorites are the pork chop and the machacado con huevo a la mexicana. Machacado is pulverized, dried salt beef that is reconstituted in eggs and then topped with pico de gallo. You know, when I lived in Austin, uh, that's when I really started uh, getting into breakfast tacos. And I I remember when I was living there, uh, you talk about this in your book a lot, Jose, about the uh, Great Taco Wars of 2016. And um, I remember this a little bit 
because, you know, I was reading articles about it and heard people talking about it, but I never realized the extent, like the mayors were, the mayors of San Antonio and Austin were getting involved in this, like who has the best breakfast taco and all this stuff. I mean, it, it really got, uh, you know, it got to high levels of government <laughs> in, uh, it, during this time. Talk a little bit about this, this rivalry, because I think it's a, it's a fun rivalry, but it's also a pretty serious rivalry about who has the best in the original breakfast taco. Right. So Austin has benefited from a lot of media attention. <laughs> and uh, you'll often hear coastal media call the breakfast taco the Austin-style breakfast taco. Uh, that doesn't really exist. As a matter of fact, it does not exist. Austin has a signature taco and it just happens to be a breakfast taco and that would be the migas but austin has no claim to the taco neither does san antonio really the breakfast taco comes from mexico it was further developed in the rio grande valley region on the border and then kind of moved up so in San Antonio breakfast tacos are just tacos that you eat for breakfast. In Austin, they're kind of a lifestyle. I That's for say. sure. Yeah, uh, definitely. You know, it, it, there's a cachet around them, but in San Antonio, it's just really an incredible part of life. And they come in a wide variety, in a wider variety down in San Antonio. So this whole thing is kind of laughable. Uh, <laughs> what is also notable is that Texans are super sensitive. Right. <laughs> uh, it doesn't take much to get them going. And the Taco War of 2016 is one example that caught the internet and social media by storm. It was ridiculous. <laughs> you know, I just think when you when you call it that, and you've called it this in your book as well, Jose, the Great Taco War of 2016. I just think this should be like a Ken Burns special on PBS, and there'll be like <laughs> letters from the front, my darling Matilda. You know, <laughs> today they served me an old El Paso uh, taco shell <laughs> from the grocery store. It was the worst day of my, you know, this kind of thing. <laughs> well, you know. Some people resorted to name-calling, which might as well be lobbing rocket-propelled grenades at, you know, <laughs> at people. And I don't really think there's a need for that. And I don't believe that most people who try to start taco wars, because it's certainly not the only one that's occurred in the recent memory, um, they can't finish them. So there's really no winner, there's really no loser, or actually, I think everyone loses out because what we sh should remember is this is Texas. We are fortunate to live in a part of the world that was once Mexico, and we have just this tiny sliver of claim to the tackle, and we should celebrate that. And anywhere you are, there's a good tackle within reach or within a short distance, right? And let's not lose 
outside of the fact that we have this great food and, and this great food culture that revolves around feed taco, we should celebrate it, we should cherish it, and we should keep in mind that the tacos should be a force for good, not for war. <laughs> Make tacos, not war. Yeah, exactly. Jose, that is the perfect way to end this conversation about tacos. We're going to have links to all your stuff, your book, and your uh, material about tacos on Texas Monthly in the show notes. Folks should look for that. Read the book. It's really good. Jose, thank you for being on the show today. It's been a pleasure talking to you about tacos. Thank you so much, Brent. Okay, there you go. Me and Jose are a lot. You know, Jose needs a good nickname, I think. Something like Mr. Taco. Someone needs to come up with something for him. Well, uh, that's the show for this week. Next week, we're in the birthplace of pizza, Naples, Italy. Until then, go to DestinationEatDrink.com for your foodie travel fix. My latest blog post is about Christmas. We're coming up on the season, and now is the time to drink Glühwein. It's a mulled wine, and I've even included a super easy recipe for Glühwein in the post. Get that at DestinationEatDrink.com slash blog. Destination Eat Drink is distributed by the Radio Misfits Podcast Network and our benevolent dictator, Ed Silla. Thanks, Ed. I'm Brent Peterson. Wear your effing mask. I'll see you down the road. Join us next week for another culinary adventure on Destination Eat Drink. A presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network.